0: Yes, praise be to God. Hope you're safe of the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our study of the Bible here. We study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we've been able to do 23 books of the Bible. And if you've not been able to listen to the podcast we've done straight from the book of Genesis, you can be able to find them. On our app, that's Bible In Depth Network, and uh, also on all podcast platforms, that is Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Podbin. You find everything there, and I believe the Lord shall speak to you because there is no limitation to Revelation. God reveals His Word to everybody that shows the need. If you want the Lord to reveal His Word to you, He will, and His Word is new every morning. Now today we are continuing with our book of Jeremiah and uh, we have done 14 chapters so far. Today we'll continue with chapter 15 of the book of Jeremiah. It starts by saying, Then the Lord said to me, talking to who? To Jeremiah. Even though Moses and Samuel were to stand before me, my heart would not be with this people. Remember earlier we read that he... God told Jeremiah, don't intercede for them. I'm coming to hit them. I'm coming to punish them because of their disobedience. Now he's telling him, even if my great men, those who were there in the past, Moses, for example, even Samuel, yeah, even if they were to come and stand before me and plead the case of these people, I will not be with them. By the time nobody can intercede for you, by the time nobody can come and stand in the presence of God for your sake, that means the falling has been too hard. It means the breakaway has been too hard. And that's what Israel has done, that nobody can even intercede for them. That God even says, even if you bring the great men of the past, I will not listen to them. I will not stand with you. So he says, send them away from my presence and let them go. Let them stop their prayer. Let them cancel their fasts and go. The grace has run out. He demanded for them to change and they didn't. And the grace ran out. And we saw that, that we need to be cautious as well, not to take the grace of the Lord for granted because it can run out. And the day is coming when that grace will run out. Yeah, people say, we shall know the day of judgment, that on that day we shall start to plan, repent, get our ways in order. But no one knows the day, the day when that grace will run out. And then you have to face judgment. So he tells them, tell them to go away and it shall be written. And it shall be that when you, they say to you, where should we go? Then you are to tell them, thus says the Lord those destined for death to death those destined for the sword to the sword those destined to famine for famine to famine those destined for captivity to captivity i will appoint over them four kinds of doom declares the lord the sword to slay the dogs to drag off the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth to devour to and destroy now that's what Israel has exposed itself to. People that were promised to be raised under the care of the Lord, under the watch of the Lord, the one who fought for them battles, the one, them who, the one who gave them the land in which they stay. They inherited it by the grace of God and the love of God. And now listen to what they have to be destroyed over. Captivity, the sword, death, famine, those are the things that are going to come and claim their lives. And you know God has been merciful to you and me? God has been gracious to you and me. And we don't take that grace for granted. We don't take it for granted that you go out and say, I'll go do whatever I want because tomorrow I'll repent and God will forgive me. Christ died for us on the cross so it doesn't matter. No, you don't take the grace for granted. And that's what Israel did. And Israel is here to pay for it. And he says, I will make them an object of horror among all the kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh, the son of Ezekiah, the king of Judah, for what he did in Jerusalem. And uh, I remember we talked about Manasseh. When you go to Second Kings chapter 21, Manasseh, was twelve years old when he began to reign, and reigned fifty and five years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hevseba. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, after the abomination of the heavens, whom the Lord has cast out, had cast out before the children of Israel. What did he do? Why do they refer to Manasseh here? What did Manasseh do? In, it is in verse three of that uh, chapter of Second Kings twenty-one. Second uh, Kings twenty-one. Where it says, For he built up again the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed, and he reared up altars of Baal for Baal, and made a grove as did Ahab king of Israel, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord said, In Jerusalem I'll put my name. He built altars for all the host of the heaven in the two parts of the courts of the house of Israel. He made his son pass through the fire and observed times and used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He did much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger and he set a graven image of the groove he had made in the house of which the Lord said to David and to Solomon his son in this house, Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of, I will put my name forever. Now, That's what Manasseh did. And God is telling Jeremiah here, in reference to Manasseh, you know there are people who do evil, that even years and generations after, they refer to their evil. That's the kind that Manasseh is. yeah. And he says, I'll make a horror of you, Israel, over all the kingdoms of the earth, because of Manasseh, this man that we've read about, what he did. So he says, Because of what he did, your nation shall suffer. You know, even the leaders play a part. Even the leaders play a part on judgment that comes upon a nation, that comes upon a generation. And for what Manasseh did, Israel receives its portion of judgment. Yeah? And he goes on and says, Indeed, who will have pity on you, O Jerusalem? All who will mourn for you? All who will turn aside to ask about your welfare? You who have forsaken me, declares the Lord. You keep going backward. So I'll stretch out my hand against you and destroy you. I'm tired of relenting. Now, the Bible tells us the Lord does not relent. That is clear in Scripture. Does not look and uh, start to say, why did I do this? But, For him, his grace has been taken for granted. He's tired of these people. yeah. And uh, you go ahead to see that he's saying, you keep going backward. You keep going backward. God has given us the grace. He's given us his salvation. His son came and died for us. But we keep going backward. We keep falling. We keep backsliding. It becomes a habit. Then it becomes normal. It becomes normal to us that we shall start doing anything we want because we are living under the grace. And there are teachings like that that move around, telling us that it doesn't matter what you do. Jesus died on the cross. It doesn't matter what you say, what you drink, how you act. Jesus died on the cross, and since you said that prayer of salvation and believed in him, then it is finished. But God here is telling Jeremiah that I am tired of these people backsliding. God gets tired of backsliding. You fall all the time. You never learn. You never stick to walking with him. And that day comes where God shall say, I loved you. I did this for you, but now you've taken my grace for granted and it's time for judgment. And that's what is happening to Israel right now and says, I will win them with a winnowing fork and the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people. They did not repent of their ways. And by repenting, remember we said to repent means you turn. It's not just a prayer. Repentance is not a prayer that you, st- you, you, you go and say to uh, a reverend. It's not a prayer that you go and uh, get in your room and say, today I'm sorry for this which I did know. It's not just prayer. It goes further with action. What sort of action am I talking about? You turn away. If you are a thief, you stop to steal. If you are a liar, you stop to lie. If you're somebody who is an adulterer, you stop that habit. It's not just about saying a prayer that I'm sorry for what I did. Forgive me. No. It takes active decision and you act accordingly and go away from such a life. That's what he's saying. saying you did not repent of your ways. Their widows will be more numerous before me than the sand of the sea. This implies that your men shall die. They shall go. They will be killed in war. And it says, I'll bring against them, against the mother of a young man, a destroyer at noonday. I will suddenly bring down her anguish and dismay. She who bore seven sons pines away. Her breathing is labored. Her son has set while it was yet day. She has been shamed and humiliated. So I'll give over their survivors to the sword before their enemies, declares the Lord. Woe to me, my mother, that you have borne me as a man of stripe, and a man of contention to all the land. I have not lent, nor have men lent money to me. And he goes on and says, yet everyone curses me. The Lord says, surely I will set you free for purposes of good. Surely I will cause the enemy to make supplication to you in the time of disaster and the time of distress. Can anyone smash iron? Iron from the north all bronze. Your wealth and your treasures I will give for booty without cost. Even for all your sins and with all your borders, then I will cause your enemies to bring it into a land you do not know. For fire has been kindled in my anger. It will burn upon you. These people have angered the Lord. Does God get angry? It's a good question. And there are lots of answers to it. But what does the Bible say? That God here his anger has been kindled by disobedience, by wickedness. Those are the things that anger God. Wickedness. Disobedience. Those things anger the Lord. And he goes on and says, in verse 15, Jeremiah prays here, and says, you who know, O Lord, remember me, take notice of me, and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. Remember, we looked at this earlier. Jeremiah also, given the words he's saying, since we started reading this book of Jeremiah, he's not somebody who is bringing words that the majority want to hear. No. His words are tough. His words are not easy. And so, he is bound to get persecutors. He's bound to get people who don't really enjoy his style of preaching. Yeah, And he's saying that... Take vengeance for me on my persecutors. Do not, in view of your patience, take me away. Know that for your that for your sake I endure reproach. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became for me a joy and a delight of my heart. For I have been called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not seek in, sit in the circle of merrymakers, nor did I exalt because of your hand. Upon me I sat alone, for you filled me with indignation. Why has my pain been perpetual and my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Will you indeed be to me like a deceptive stream with water that is unreliable? Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, then I will restore you. Before me you will stand, and if you extract the precious from the worthless, you will become my spokesman. For they, for their part, may turn to you, but as for you, you must not turn to them. Then I'll make you to these people a fortified wall of bronze. And though they fight against you, they will not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and to deliver you, declares the Lord. So I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grasp of the violent. Of course, the confidence that those who serve God have, the people of God, and the confidence you carry is that God... Has your back. Doesn't matter how much attacks you have from your enemy, God always has your protection. And he's promising that to Jeremiah, telling him, Do not worry, I have your back. Chapter 16 The word of the Lord came also to me again, saying, You shall not take a wife for yourself, nor have sons or daughters in this place. They are telling Jeremiah, You won't get a wife. You won't have children in this place. This is not it doesn't really imply that they're telling him never have children or a wife but in the place where they are he's being told yeah. For thus says the Lord concerning the sons and daughters born in this place and concerning their mothers who bear them and their fathers who beget them in this land they will die of deadly diseases. They will not be lamented or buried. They will be as dung on the surface of the ground and come to and come to an end by sword and famine. And their carcasses will become food for the birds of the sky and for the beasts of the earth. Yeah? Now, that's that's what's going to happen to those children born there. So, Jeremiah is being told by the Lord, don't give birth. Don't get a wife, first of all, in this place, and don't give birth to children in this place because this this place has been doomed for destruction. All those born here are going to be destroyed for thus says the lord do not enter a house of mourning he adds to him yeah do not enter a house of mourning or go to lament all to console them for i have withdrawn my peace from these people declares the lord he's saying as the destruction happens for those born in this place there will be tears but don't go there to mourn with them whatever israel had done to the lord was so grave that God is not interested in them, that even he's distancing his servants from the people. Yeah, he's saying to him, I have withdrawn my peace. When God takes away peace, that is trouble. When God takes away peace comes from the Lord. That's clear. And when that is withdrawn, disaster, death, suffering. And that's what's happening. For Israel, he says, I've withdrawn my peace, my loving kindness, and my compassion. He has taken peace away, he has taken the loving kindness away, he has taken the compassion away. The three most important things you need in life peace, compassion, loving kindness, and he has taken them away from both great men and small will die in this land. They will not be buried. They will not be lamented. Nor will anyone gush himself or shave his head for them. Those are things that are key to their culture. Because to them, getting the mourning, all the lamentation that happens is key to them. And most importantly, burials are key to them. You remember Joseph even telling the Israelites that when they are leaving Egypt and going, they should take his bones with him with them so that they bury them. burial was key for them. Burial was important for them that they get buried. But here, he says, those things you treasure, they won't even happen for you. You will not be buried. There won't even be a funeral service for you. That's what he's telling them. Men will not break bread in the morning for them to comfort anyone for the dead, nor give them a cup of consolation to drink for anyone's father or mother. Moreover, you shall not go into a house of feasting to sit with them to eat and to drink. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I'm going to eliminate from this place before your eyes and in your time the voice of rejoicing and the voice of gladness, the voice of the groom and the voice of the bride. There will be no peace. There will be no joy. There will be no celebration. There will be no birthday party. There will be no wedding. That's what he's saying. Now, when you tell these people all these words, they will say to you, For what reason has the Lord declared all this calamity against us? And what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin, which we have committed against the Lord our God? They don't know what they've done. He's telling him, Then you will say to them, It is because your forefathers have forsaken me, declares the Lord and have followed other gods, and served them, and bowed down to them. But me, they have forsaken, and I have not kept my law. Of course, here, when he's talking about this, yeah, he's referring to those that have come after them, and how much they've gathered so much iniquity, and sin has grown to the level that grace is not abundant for them. And that is the trouble that happens when, we keep sinning and doing things and not repenting and taking our families in direction that is leading to destruction. For what Manasseh did, son of Hezekiah, the king, it still comes down to the judgment they're receiving now. For what their forefathers did, it still comes down to the So they're wondering, what have we done that we're going to go through this? For us, we go to the temple and worship. We offer sacrifices, but they're saying the punishment is from the generations that have come before you. God has given us life. And it's important for us to live a life that honors God. Not only for our own sake, but for the sake of our children and children's children. For the sake of the generations to come, it's important that you stand strong, teach the values of the Lord to your children, and also you having lived those values. Because when judgment comes, it's coming to these people. And the response to their question of what have we done to you, God, is you have done evil. And you have even done it more than your forefathers. It is clear a message that is coming to them. That you yourselves have done it, but even your forefathers did evil in my Sight, And that is what is bringing forth this judgment to you. And it says, So I will haul you out of this land into the land which you have not known. Neither you nor your fathers. And there you will serve other gods day and night. For I will grant you no favor. They will take you and they will ask you to serve their gods and you will have to do it. And I will have no favor over your lives. That is what he's telling them. How much has a nation fallen that now it is out there for destruction? Yeah? That is one thing that is key for me to know. It's key for me to understand that God has given me the grace and I don't take it for granted. Therefore, behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when it will no longer be said as the Lord lives who brought up the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But as the Lord lives, who brought up the sons of Israel from the land of the north and from all the countries where they had banished them. Of course, he promises them that he will bring them back. After they've gone through their punishment, he'll bring them back. That now they won't refer to the great exodus from Egypt. No, they will refer now to their restoration from the nations of the north that will come. And take them captive. For I will restore them to their own land, which I gave to their fathers. Behold, I am going to send for many fishermen, declares the Lord. And they will fish for them. And afterwards, I will send for many hunters. And they will hunt for them from every mountain and every hill and from the clefts of the rock. For my eyes are on their ways. They are not hidden from my face. Nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. I will first doubly repay their iniquity and their sin. Because they have polluted my land. They have filled my inheritance with their carcasses of their detestable idols and with their abominations. O Lord, my strength and my stronghold and my refuge in the day of distress. To you, the nations will come from the ends of the earth and say, Our fathers have inherited nothing but falsehood, futility, and things of no profit. Can man make gods for himself? Yet they are not gods. We talked about this. They're just images that have been crafted, created yet they have no purpose. They don't leave. They're not leaving. Yeah? Therefore, behold, I'm going to make them known this time that this time I will make them know my power and my might and they shall know that my name is the Lord. Of course, God is promising that yes, you're going to be taken to destruction, but I'll pull you out. I'll bring you back. We shall end with chapter 17. It says the sin of Judah is written down with an iron stylus with a diamond point. It is engraved upon the tablet of their heart and on the horns of their altars. As they remember their children, so they remember their altars and their Asherim by green trees and on the high hills. O mountain of mine in the countryside, I will give over your wealth and all your treasures for booty, your high places for seeing throughout your borders and you will, even of yourself, let go of your inheritance that I gave you. I will make you serve your enemies in the land which you do not know. This we have seen. For you have kindled a fire in my anger which will burn forever. Thus says the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. And whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes. But will live in stony ways in the Wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is in the Lord. That is key. Trust in the Lord and you're blessed. Walk with the Lord and you're blessed. Yeah? For he will be like a tree planted by the water, that extends its fruit its roots by a stream. And I will not fear when and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Yeah, of course here, you've been told who is cursed and who is blessed. And the one who is blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. And there's been reference given to them that they're like a tree planted by the water. We say that a lot. Yeah, we even sing that. That like a tree planted by the water. You're safe. In all seasons, you blossom because you are in a place that feeds you. yeah. But that is in those who trust in the Lord. Do you trust in the Lord? To trust in the Lord implies that you even trust the words he tells you. You even trust when he tells you to walk with him and you actually respond and do it. Then you're like that tree that is planted by the water. Everything that you do, you shall blossom. In tough times, you will still blossom. Yeah? And that's what he says of a a man who trusts in him. Yeah? And he says that even in drought, you will not cease to yield fruit. Even when it's too tough, those who trust in the Lord keep their calm. Even when things look horrible, those who trust in the Lord still walk in perfection. They yield fruit. In the heat of the moment, where everyone is throwing bottles, those who trust in the Lord yield fruit with patience, with calmness. That is from the source that they receive from the Lord himself because he takes care of them and makes sure that they're always fed by him and by his principles. And verse 9 says, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. As a partridge that hatches eggs, which has not laid, so is he who makes a fortune, but unjustly, in the midst of his days, it will forsake him, and in the end, he will be a fool. A glorious throne on high from the beginning is a place of our sanctuary, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away on the earth will be written down because they have forsaken the fountain of living water, even the Lord. Heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, and I'll be saved. For you are my praise. Look, they keep saying to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. But as for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd after you. Nor have I longed for the woeful day. You yourself know that the utterance of my lips was in your presence. Do not be a terror to me. You are my refuge in the day of disaster. Let those who persecute me be put to shame. But as for me, let me not be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but let me not be dismayed. Bring on them the day of disaster and crush them with twofold destruction. That's Jeremiah speaking. And here in verse 19 they bring out the importance of the Sabbath once again. Thus the Lord said to me, Go and stand in the public gate, through which the kings of Judah come in and go out, as well as the gates of Jerusalem. And say to them, Listen to the word of the Lord, kings of Judah, and to all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem who come through these gates. Thus says the Lord, Take heed for yourselves, and do not carry any load on the Sabbath day. All bring anything in through the gates of Jerusalem. You shall not... Bring a Lord out of your houses on Sabbath day, nor do any work, but keep the Sabbath day holy, as I commanded your forefathers. Yet they did not listen or incline their ears, but stiffened their necks in order not to listen or take correction. But it will come about, if you listen attentively to me, declares the Lord, to bring no Lord in through the gates of this city, all on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy, and by doing no work on it, then there will come in through the gates of this city kings and princes sitting on the throne of David, riding in chariots and horses, they and their princes, the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the city will be inhabited forever. They will come in from the cities of Judah, and from the environs of Jerusalem, from the land of Benjamin, and from the lowland, and the hill country, and from Negev, bringing burnt offerings, sacrifices, grain offering and incense and bringing sacrifices of thanksgiving to the house of the Lord. But if you do not listen to me to keep the Sabbath day holy by not carrying a load and coming through in the gates of Jerusalem on Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in its gates and will devour the palaces of Jerusalem and it will not be quenched. Of course, this was told to them to keep the Sabbath holy straight from the law. And by this time, if Jeremiah is telling them, guys remember it means they had forsaken that and they're saying if you do that keep it this place will remain the center of Israel of worship but if you don't it will be destroyed of course by the time they had forgotten to worship him sabbath was just one thing that they were not doing anymore but God was seeking for obedience and that he did not find in Jerusalem in Judah in Israel as well, that the time for judgment was at hand. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray that you help us to always stand for you and do your will. Help us be your people who worship you, who honor you all the days of our lives. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.